Harry, Harry, Ronnie, keep running it. I got keep running. Let it go, Harry. Harry, let it go. Turn it up, Harry. Turn it up. Now that's that that's how you start a show. That's how you warm up. Huh? Today's Wednesday, and this is the Urban Talk Radio 103.5 FM WNHHLP, where you will hear conversation, information, education, inspiration, and motivation from the American urban perspective. I am your host, Kinsley Osei. My co-host will not be here. Joining us today on joining us today in the studio is our very special guest. They will introduce themselves very soon. Today on Urban Talk Radio, you can join the conversation on Facebook at Bowmines and Twitter at Bowmines also. We are also streaming on all platforms and on your phone or computer by logging on to newhavenindependent.org, newhavenindependent.org. Today's topic is, uh, you know, it's very dear to, um, you know, to our heart, uh, to everybody that is on the show right now. You know, this, um, I've been following up on the um, Hip Hop 50th anniversary events, and not one time I have heard anybody mention the name DJ Justo. Nobody. And, um, you know, today we, you know, our special guests are award recipients of the DJ Justo Mixtapes um, Award, uh, which he came up just because, you know, DJs wasn't getting their, um, their shine. You know, the, the, the gold plaques, the platinum plaques, the, 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 uh, the, um, the, what, uh, what do you call it? Grammys, all that, you know, DJs never get their shine. So, you know, so he came up with that and, um, my guy DJ Justo also used to work at um where did Justo work at before Atlantic Records? I think he was at um Big was he Big Beat? Big Beat Atlantic was the same, but um oh what is the name? Um it's gonna come in later. It was an indie label. Um it was an indie label before he went to um, Atlantic. So I knew him prior to going to um going to Atlantic. So the late Justo today show is all about him. And we're gonna reminisce on um, you know, mixtapes. You know, mixtape definition of today is not the same as mixtape definition of the days of Bruce B, K. Capri, and um, you know, the following generation, which was you know, my generation, Craig generation, and then going into the um Big Mike generation, um, you know, and so forth. So let's get straight in. We're waiting for our brother DJ Buck. When DJ Buck comes in, we're going to play that intro again because that intro is the definition of what mixtape is all about. Craig, I see you trying yes, to tell to go to to, to um uh, to keep pressing play on that on that uh my kind of nizzle. You know what you think about that, bro? Oh that yeah, was tell, oh tell oh yeah, tell Harry turn that up. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> that was that her the B. Yeah, time to turn it up. <laughs> For all you guys that don't know, I think you see her the B on uh, the Sway and Tech show, and most of you don't even know that um you know her the B was an artist. For me, her the B was one of my favorite artists, artists, and it didn't uh hurt that he collab she collaborated with uh, MOP on that joint, and uh, you know that that joint right there on the West Side Highway, you getting pulled over two times before you get off the exit, Craig. <laughs> <laughs> You got you got to move the seat back to make sure your foot is not on the gas. <laughs> that, that was that was a that was a tunnel banger right there. Right yeah. there. All right, let's get this introduction going, man. Craig G, introduce yourself, my brother. 
uh, DJ Craig G, Top Floor Entertainment, Heavy Hitters, Hot 937, <laughs> Mr. Roddick 5, now Mr. Top Floor Vending. <laughs> and um, oh, Wedding Photo Booth. If, if, if it has to get done, I got to get it done, okay? No complaints. Spice. Can you get it done anymore? Who is Spice? You, uh, uh, you, uh, uh who, uh, uh, Diddy? Because you sound like Diddy and Master P. Actually, you sound like Master P and Snoop. He <laughs> sounds like a combination of Diddy, Master P, Snoop, and uh, Shaq put together. <laughs> all that, all, all that. Hey, why not? You know, those some great inspirations, great motivations, great teachers. You learn something every day from everybody, and you, and you, and you, and you bring it to the next level, or try to bring it to the next level. But you work hard and have fun doing it. Definitely, definitely, definitely. Um, now my DJ Big Mike, can you uh, introduce yourself? Gentlemen, good morning. DJ Big Mike, the ruler, a.k.a. Mr. Mixtape. Big Mike, the ruler, presents. Um, Mixtape legacy kind of speaks for itself. Uh, party shows, events. Uh, now I earn a living uh, with my own content and event planning company. Big Mike, the ruler, presents. Doing a lot of big shows in and outside of New England. And uh, that's really what it is. You know, blessed to be here. Happy to still be making a living doing this, man. Always, always wake up with something to prove every morning. That's how you stay sharp. That's what's up. That's what's up. And now, um, our dear brother DJ Buck, the godfather of um, <laughs> Big Mike, just got here. <laughs> Buck, you look stressed out on mute. <laughs> What's going on today? You know, I remember. I remember talking to Buck in the uh, during the pandemic on uh, one time, and I said, "Yo, Buck, you sound stressed out." <laughs> I was working every single day during the pandemic with just me and maybe one other person on the radio. And it was around the time when Nancy was ex was on the way out, and you had to, you know, re uh, figure things out. I said, "Buck, you look stressed. You don't even look stressed. Out. You sound stressed out." <laughs> we figured out. We we figure it out. You you, you, did. you always you always figures it out. You know, we do our best. What's happening? Now you want to know what's happening? We're gonna give you a, a, an intro of the show to get you warm up real quick. Yo, Harry, can I get that intro again? Drop it, Harry. Drop it. Drop it, drop it, Harry, drop it. Come on. What type of flashback is that giving you, Buck? Talk to me. That's the boom bap right there. That's that hip hop. That's that's where it began at right there. You know the the, the eight oh eight to the drum machine. I like that. <laughs> that's where I was. That's where I come from. Exactly. You know? Now, Buck, uh, introduce yeah. yourself and let's let's get in. Uh, DJ Buck, um, program director or brand manager of Hot Nine Three Seven. Oh, here in Connecticut. Been here for over twenty years right now. Originally from Providence, Rhode Island. I did radio in Providence and every college radio station in Providence. I ran Skippy White to the record store, um, a chain out of Boston. I was the manager of Skippy White's. Before that, I was the manager of Rainbow Records. And uh, like I said, WBRU, RIU, URI, did every radio station. I stole records from each one of those radio stations. 
still have those. <laughs> I still have those records in my collection to this day. Um, and just in in, here, in Connecticut right now, and right now I have two stations. I have this station. I, I just acquired a station in Denver, Colorado. So I run these two stations over here. People talk real reckless when the statute of limitation is over, right, Craig? <laughs> they talk real reckless. <laughs> we don't kill, but we might still. <laughs> oh, that's hey, that's like catching a yo-yo in an interview. He start telling everything. He like statue of limitation is over, right? <laughs> okay. Yeah, what do you want to know? I'll tell you. I'll tell you. <laughs> it's funny. Uh, I just seen Skippy White in the uh, um, um, Mike Bibbs uh, documentary. I said, look at Buck's record store right there. Yeah, that's <laughs> it. It's a lot, man. So talking about uh, my kind of, I hate that record, my kind of nigga in a uh, clean version. It's like my kind of nigga. Like you just got to pronounce it out. But, you know, this is this is FM radio, so we're trying to mute. But some things just got to be unmuted. Agree? Yeah. <laughs> and it's one of those records that just got to be unmuted, Buck. <laughs> uh, on here. Not on, not on, not on yeah. GMX, though. <laughs> no. On here, so yeah. So, um, um, do, does anybody know who was behind that record? What producer? Who was the machine behind uh, Heather B? Let me test you guys real quick. Craig, let me Easy. test you. Heather B, um, who was behind them? I mean, I'm, a, I'm, I'm assuming maybe Premier. Um, uh, Premier contributed. What about you, um, Buck? Lazy Lazy. I would say it's not a good Premier beat to me. Okay, that's right. But um, the machine behind him was uh, Kenny Parker. That was Kenny Parker, um, artist. Uh, oh, yeah, yeah. Kenny Parker. Yep, one brother, Kenny Parker. Yep. A little, you know, a little, a little, a little history for all you listeners. You know, today we, you know, we going in today. We going in. And matter of fact, I think that record came from was the EMI pendulum, if I'm not mistaken. Do you guys remember I made Henderson? Yeah, I know I made. Yeah, you remember I made. That's 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 who that's who was behind um that's who was behind that project. So now let's get back into um our brother Justo um you know um from Justo Mixtapes Award. Starting with you, Buck. Buck, um, what which award did you win from uh, Justo's Mixtape Award? Might have been. Um, let me find out in Connecticut. Huh? Let me find out. I know more I than. You probably do. I came to. I got a bad memory. I came to Connecticut to get the award. You probably know the exact year. I'm, I'm bad with years. I, I can't even begin to tell you. It was '78. I can't even begin. '78. Hip hop. I just started. I don't, <laughs> I don't know. I'm bad with years. I don't know. You know, you know what? I, mean, I, I was there. I was there when it started. So I don't know. You, you, the you problem know. was you got too many hardware on the wall. That's the problem right there, Craig G. I, okay, so Buck's award. Was uh, the same year I got mine. I got um, I got best mixtape DJ in Connecticut, and Buck got the best mixtape DJ in uh, Providence. Yeah, yeah. that's that's of the, and it was nineteen ninety eight. By the way, right behind you, there it is right there. Yep, it's right there. It was sponsored by uh, G Street. That was uh, when uh, Nelson was a G Street, G Street and Blaze. Yep. That's what sponsored, and it was uh, the third annual. By the way. And a big shout out to James Lewis. That was uh, his event. And um, uh, Justo, you know, collaborated and came down and did that for us. Now, Craig G, which um, award did you get from um, Justo? I, I, I remember winning a personality one. I remember winning an R&B one. And then I got I wound up getting the ring for something else. I don't remember what it was for. Um, 
But yeah, personality and R&B, those are the plaques that I got. And then I, I got that ring. Nice. That eventually got, they got somebody stole it out of my house one day. Wow. So I don't have it anymore. Yeah. Okay. Now, yeah, Big shout Mike. To Just yeah, man. Big Mike, what about you? Um, I was a recipient of the Justo's Hip Hop Mixtape Award. I, I think I won that three years in a row. I have a duo award with the late, great DJ K. Slay. Rest in peace. I have another duo with DJ Thorough. Um, might be something else, but I, I think I think that's those. I never I never was able to to get the DJ of the Year award. Shout to Who Kid that was awarded to him during like our reign during you know that Fifty Cent run. But uh, you know I'm happy for what I got, and I worked hard for it. And uh, rest in peace to Justo as well. Awesome. Now, um, talking about Justo, man, you know we're gonna go through everybody's uh, memories of um, Justo. Um, started with you, Buck. Buck, what was your memory with um, um, DJ Justo? Which a lot of people didn't know that he was a DJ, and I always call him DJ Justo because he was a DJ. Yeah, I mean, he would he would be, he would stay on the road all the time. He came to Providence and went to a few of my gigs and everything. We hung out, but knew his music, knew every DJ. He was a, like a, a walking um, rolodex of DJs. Was <laughs> yes, he was. You know, um, just all around good guy. I mean, just just loved hip hop, man. And I appreciate what he did, what he with his contribution and how he recognized the DJs. And even if if he was in a small town like Providence, Rhode Island, he came, he found me in Providence. Providence is not the biggest city, the biggest state, you know. But um, and he he recognized my hard work and my consistency, and and, and gave me the plaque. You know that's what it's all about being consistent and, and keep working. And he sees that in people. No matter where you're at, he finds those guys and, and rewards them. I think Justo was a nervous wreckers before he went to um B Street. What do you think, my Buck? Buck, you've been in this for for a while too. I think he was a nervous, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, I'm gonna test um OJ Wello and find out if he um if you know it. I think he was a nervous before B Street um Atlantic, and then um I think he went to Epic too. Um, yeah, he yep. Um, Craig G, Craig G, what about you? What, what's your memories of um Justo? I mean, so if you know, I mean, you guys know. Um, but my house where I lived at in Harlem was like the hub for DJs. Yep. From me, SNS, P Nice, Precise, DJ Lobo. You'll catch Big Mike, Billy Bush at my crib. You catch Kingsley at my crib. Yeah. And then Chubby Chubb, Greenland. They, they, they would stay at my crib because I always had an extra room. So they would stay at the crib. So you just would come up there because he knew that was the spot. He could bring vinyl there. I felt like I worked for Justo for a minute. <laughs> <laughs> but just, just all around good dude, genuine, just genuine. We can have a conversation, not about records. And the first thing he would always, he would always say, how's the family? Oh, that was, that was always something I remember and I respect about him. And to this day, some of the industry cats do that or some of them just go straight into the records. But let's talk family first. Let's see how's everybody health and, and wealth and what do they got going on? And then we could talk records and Justo was a genuine dude. So, I, you know, we do, we definitely miss him. And you write what you said about the, Everybody was talking 50, 50, 50, 50 years of hip hop, but no one, you know, gave their flowers to Justo. And you're right. And I'm glad we're here for this. All right. Yeah. You know, the, the platform may not be big, but you know what? It's what we're doing from the heart is what's important. You know, not the, that, not the millions. But, you know, I know somebody's going to catch it and, um, you know, somebody's going to run it, you know, just like uh, we did the previous shows and said that we were the first or one of the first to bring hip hop into a city hall 
to give people their flowers. Craig G, you got something on, on the wall, you know, uh, uh, DJ Bug got, you know, stuff on the wall. But there's a lot of DJs out there that have contributed to the culture in New England that don't have nothing for the wall. So we did a hip hop expression of Black history, using it to curb violence. Shout out to um, WZMX 93 for partnering with us to make it happen. We had all stakeholders, whether it was our US senators, our police chief, our mayors, uh, uh, state senators, um, educators, we had everybody in the room to, you know, talk about dealing with the violence in our community. And now New York City is doing it, you know. And, you know, I, I say with pride that we were the first to actually embrace this culture that the thing that is always bringing violence. And we did it peacefully year after year after year. Now New York City, uh, Mayor Adams have um, embraced it. Um and it's funny that Craig G talks about, um, you know, calling DJs and um, not talking about records. Just call them, you know, say hi to the family. That was so important. That that's one, one, that's one of those things that I learned and I continuously do it now. You know, just calling people randomly, you know. You know, sometimes not could just test buggy, you know, you know, whether it's a new year, Christmas or whatever. It doesn't have to be people that you talk to every day. Just that periodic test message let you know that, you know what, somebody's thinking about you, you know, which is very important. Um, Big Mike, what was your memories of um, Justo? In, you know, it's funny. Uh, years ago, I used to go to New York. Like, we used to go, as you know, all of us do, uh, just go to get record service at the labels. And I remember going with Billy Bush, out to Billy, to uh, Atlantic Records. This is when, you know, Kim had her first album out. And it went from, my relationship with him went from not begging, but him giving us service and us records to me being on his radar with the mixtape stuff. And, you know, that's one thing that a lot of people would say that, oh, the mixtape awards were political. Like, just though, I don't know that he funded that himself, but he went out and took all the time to get all the sponsors just for us to have a platform. You know, like, I, I'll be real with you. Um, I've never received a label plaque from anybody. I've only received mixtape award plaques. And I know damn near wow. everybody in the game. So that's just so hands-on that he was with it. And, you know, I don't take to that very lightly at all. So, you know, um, if you were doing your thing, he would find you. He'd find you and, you know, the streets would talk. And, and that was that. I, di I didn't experience any politicalness or anything like that. So, you know, shout to Just, of course. Who um last week we talked about um God rest his soul what's his name that passed um that was um what's his name um Buck that passed he he his last run was with uh was with Cash Money um uh Garnett we talked about Garnett Reed Garnett yeah my guy Garnett. talked about Garnett Reed from from payday records to you know breaking Jay Z's in my lifetime for him from from day one. I mean, you know, it, it's unfortunate that the most genuine ones, you know, you know, are not here. And, you know, now we're telling, you know, we're talking about them. But, you know, it's all about a legacy. People's going to say you are either cool or you're not. Either you're a good person or you're not. There is nothing in the middle. And I'm glad that we can mention these people's name and really speak very highly of them. And hopefully what they did can trickle down to the next generation of, you know, record promoters. Because these two guys right here were some real... If you were used to going to New York, being invited to uh, 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 album release parties or ending up at a music convention, you know, you're not one of these big... You know, we came in again going to music convention as a way of trying to get on. A way of trying to get on record labels, um, uh, record mailing lists. So there were people before us. So, you know, you got these industry parties that... 
those Def Jam parties was the party that you wanted to get into. If you didn't know Makaiza personally or some of his people personally, you was not getting a pass. Yeah, you know what I'm talking about, Bunk. You know what I'm talking about. You go to a music convention, you trying to get on that Def Jam bull ride. You know what I'm saying? So you got to meet Mike Kaiser at the front of the door, and Mike Kaiser will say, Me plus 25. Exactly. And walk in. <laughs> It was me plus, he was the only one that could say me plus 25. Me plus 25. So that means if you got a pass, don't think your pass guarantees you to go in there. Because people like Makaiza will come down there and say me plus 25. And by the time you the get there, the boat is already full. So your pass meant nothing. The, the last person in line, you got your hat on. Put the last person, put your hand up. And that was it after that. <laughs> no one else got in. And um, I, I think I'm, I was saying it, I was saying this to say about how great these two guys were. If you were breaking their records, they made sure that they sent you the album release party um, invite. They made sure they see you at the at the music convention. You got the vinyl. You got the pass to come into their party. These guys were just great. And for me, DJ Justo was um, became a friend, and um, you know also did some promotions for him. I would go to his office on the regular. And if you ever been to Justo's office. He had a corner of racks of mixtapes. Craig G, you remember that? I remember if you, that, yes. If you've been to Justo's office in the corner, he had a rack of mixtapes. And you wanted your mixtape in there because it was DJs and other people just going in on the regular. So for you, you're like, I need my mixtape in there because people go in there and they go straight to their rack to see whose mixtape was, was, was in there. Go ahead, Buck. No, you're right. I mean, you're lucky to have your mixtape in, in that case right there. I know Craig and Mike had a few of them in there. Craig had some legendary tapes. Mike had some legendary tapes. They wouldn't. It was in those racks, so that was good. Buck, Buck, let me ask you a question, Buck. Since I got you here, I see you every day. We've been on the radio a long time. Ever boo like my mixtape? Skippy Whites. Shots. Wait, wait. Because Jenny Boom Boom said on the radio she used to bootleg it. You was a part of her her her, her collaboration, Buck. Don't believe nothing Jenny said. Don't believe nothing Jenny said. I only had about I only had the, 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 the machine that makes four at a time. I had two of those machines. You put one in and click one button and you made four. Like yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it flipped over by itself and it recorded the other side. I never did yours. <laughs> He was, out of, the game. He was out of the machine. game by the time the game changed into heavy bootleg, right? I still got that machine, man. It's in my basement. Push one button. Hey, Kingsley. Yes, would sir. Order, they, would order, they would order 10 copies. Right. Just to show some. You know how it goes. We'll hear from them until the next big tape. And then, and then go right with. Book in Providence doing a bunch of parties. <laughs> out of, out of, hey Craig, out of respect, we would buy ten of your tapes and ten of Big Mike tapes. Out of respect. Oh my God! Let's give, <laughs> let's give a big shout out to Isaac Music Hot. Big shout out to Harlem Music Hot. Um, yes. Who who else we want to shout out to, man? You know, every in every city, every state. Um, did you guys know that? Do you guys know who was the first to put out the DJ Clue mix mixtape? What what um what distributor? Is, is this a trick question? Does yes, it, it's a trick it... question. Yeah, Big Mike, let me see if you know it. Let me see if Craig G should know it too, I would think. Craig, you, all right, Craig go first, then I'll go after. What was the question? Say it again. Who was the first to pull out the DJ Clue mixtape? In terms Big of Linda to the streets. Big June used to 
put out the clue tape first. <laughs> <laughs> Big Mike, uh, who do you think? Uh, you know what? I, one I really one think one it was one of the Africans. Hey, well, it is one of the Africans. <laughs> you got a clue right there. Now, let me see if Big Mike can take it from there. Abraham. Yeah, well, if, if it was a... Big Mike has frozen. Big Mike froze, so I'm going to tell you guys who it is. It's Shaku. Shaku was the first, because Shaku was out there in no. Queens. Shaku no. from Cross Flavors, New Haven. Before he came to New Haven... He was in New York, and he was the first to put a DJ Clue mixtape out before the before the blew up. Wow! Yeah, you know, a little a little history out there, man. Um, now let's talk about specialties of everybody's mixtape. Uh, Craig G, what was your um, what what what? Let first of all, let's find out how you started in the in, in the mixtape well, before we get to which one was your, your specialty. I mean, if they if they know the history, me and SNS got into the game together. As you know, young kids just getting, just getting, you know, but we were like the young kids behind the ropes and they and the park jams. We grew up with Fearless Four, Treacherous Three, Spoonie G. Those are those are my neighbors. Like LA Sunshine on the Treacherous Three was my babysitter. And Kumo D, no, Kumo D was Kumo D's mother. Kumo D was my babysitter. LA Sunshine lived in my building. So I grew up around it. Me and SNS grew up around it. So we decided we used to hang out with Easy Lee, who was the DJ for Treacherous Street. He would bring us into the rooftop underage. And we was out there just looking at Brucey B, Star Child, Starsky, Kid Capri, um, Hollywood. And that just gave us our motivation. I said, you know, when we was kids, some people used to go to watch karate movies and went home and kicked their brother's ass. We went home and started working on music and, and, and bought records and, and 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 that was the motivation right there. That's how we started doing mixtapes from the apartment apartment five B. And you know it it it, 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 it 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 took it to the next level and became a business for us, illegal business, but it was cool. What was the uh, what year was the first mixtape that you put out? A run what year? Not to I, be I exact. I think 92 or maybe maybe 90, 90 to 92. Damn, so I remember I, re I remember we were at the rooftop and they had a big shooting where like three, four people got killed. And I brought a girl there and she wanted him getting shot. So we decided it's hanging out with the grown folks is not for us. So we did we got in the studio, started doing the mixtapes. So he was always doing hip hop and or old school. So I said, I'm gonna go my lane. I'm gonna go R and B and reggae. So it worked out. We never clashed heads. We never battled against songs. And then eventually, when he didn't make a mixtape, I would make a mixtape. They happened to be hip hop. Started having the same connects. Started getting the same songs. So it worked out. And then we started doing parties together. Maria Davis was like our first promoter that brought us downtown New York City and put us in like. The, the the industry parties, the the hosted by Puffy and Andre Arrell and all the industry. We started doing all those parties and we started doing the mixtapes from that like 1992, around that time. For all you guys who don't know who Michael Davis is, she was infamous for her Tuesday night spot spot and are responsible for um 
not solely responsible, but also responsible for the um, career of um, Jay-Z, um, you know, being heard. Um, you know, when you come in, it's not everybody's giving you the opportunity to, um, you know, with the platform. And um, she gave opportunity to a lot of upcoming artists um, that was bubbling through the industry. So... <laughs> Big shout out to um big shout out to Maria Davis. Uh Big Mike, just to let you know, it was um Sheku from Cross Flavors. Oh, no You know what? I, I should have known that. I should have yep. known. I was gonna say Burkina. I sorry, my phone we heated up. It was it overheated, but uh I was gonna say Burkina, but uh wow, Sheku, no kidding. Yep, you know those were 116 street tuba guys are dangerous. <laughs> well, hey, listen, welcome that, to Tuba. <laughs> That's the real world worldwide distribution. Right there. That's it right yeah. there. You know, you know, we take a lot of stuff for granted. We in the tri-state take a lot of stuff for granted. And it's right there for us. You know, uh, I was looking at the picture I had took at um, you know, in front of um the hip hop boulevard, um, you know, what you call, you know, the home of hip hop the other day. Um, what what's the address again, Craig G? It's 15, what is it, Sedgwick? What's the address? Say that, Whatever. Say that again. That's um. The, what's the address for the uh, hip hop uh, boulevard? Fifteen sixty Sedgwick. Uh, the, 15, the 15, 20. 15, 20, 15, 20 Sedgwick Avenue. Fifteen twenty. You know, I was looking at that picture, and I'm like, damn. We like people take this stuff for granted. It's people around the world would love to have a photo up. Would love to touch that building, and people walk by it every day. People go to New York every day, and you know, you know, just don't go down there and pay their tribute. You know, and um. I was glad to go down there a few years ago and, um, you know, got my photo up there. So yeah. we're going to do a station ID and then I'm going to come back and, um, you know, talk to Buck and uh, Big Mike about how they started um, in the mixtape. This is the Urban Talk Radio 103.5 FM WNHHLP. I am your host, Kinsley Osei. And if you are just joining us today on the Urban Talk Radio, you can join the conversation on Facebook at Bowminds and Twitter at Bowminds. You can also stream this show on your smartphone or computer by logging on to newhavenindependent.org. And I'm also streaming live on my Facebook page along with New Haven Independent Facebook page. We are also joined by our special guest, DJ Buck of WZMX, Big Mike, super uh, promoter right now, and DJ Craig G of WZMX um, X12. Um, today's show is about a tribute to DJ Justo of the Justo Mixtape Award, and our special guests are all recipients of that special award. That award means you were street certified, you know, Um um, it that's just what it meant. Period. Fifty Cent actually said that you know now Fifty Cent is super Hollywooded, but you used to hear him say that a lot. That that award is really what meant to him the most because it actually meant that the street stamped that he was certified. Right, Craig G. He always used to say that, right? Absolutely. All right. So with that being said, uh, DJ Buck, how did you start in the mixtape game? And around what year? Probably like 72 something. Yeah, <laughs> I love it. I'm kidding. Around, around, around the same time as Craig, um, I started a little bit. I, I, just, I was a, I was a bass player first. I, started, I was in a band before I played the bass, before I touched the turntables. Um, I ended up selling my turntables. My brother was in the service. He had a bunch of records hanging around, a bunch of Parliament Funkadelic records in the turntable, and I would just take it and, and scratch it. And my thing was never, I never really wanted to be like a mixtape DJ. I was, I was more into making music. I was a producer first. Um, I put out a few records in Providence, produced a few records. So that's where I started making music. And um, there was a lane for me because I was watching New York City make these mixtapes. And I said, you know something? 
I was I was a guy who would back in the day we would get the twelve inch records and at the, on side A or side B at the end they'd have that little acapella piece, mm-hmm. and I would take that and put that over beats that I made and just make a, a collection of songs of stuff that I made and eventually started making mixtapes, you know, and that's how I started making the mixtape from from creating a sound that I think that I wanted people I, I what I thought music should sound like, you know, and and it, it went from there and I wasn't I was really in Providence looking at New York and trying to. I was trying to bring New York to Providence because I was the only one that was going to New York, going downtown um, to these record stores, talking to my man, getting the ultimate breaks and beats records. Um, that, that I forgot the store in downtown Manhattan with the, the fat guy behind the, he knew everything behind the, he knew every record. What, what, what break beat is that? So I bought every break beat back. So I brought New York to Providence back then and tried to cr- recreate what New York was in Providence, even on the mm-hmm. mix show scene. There, it, it, you know, you have guys like Big League, and you have a bunch of guys, big stress, who started making the mixtapes and everything. And I wasn't like um, a, a juice or a four-track guy. I was just two turntables, a drum machine. And I just want whatever you heard on the mixtape, when you went to see me live, I can do it for you live. And that's what I, that's what my the pride of me DJing was. You know, I could always do whatever you wanted live. And and that's how I started. And working in the record store, and it went from there, man. And, and, look, and, look, what, and, and look what it took you. Huh? I said, look where mixtapes took you, right? Yeah, I mean, I, it, it took me a long way. I'm, I'm not, I, I'm not on the level of the mixtapes like Big Mike or or Craig G, um, because them guys were they're everywhere. But I, I, I kind of held it down for Providence, and I think the first time I met Craig G, was in New York City. Um, we're actually on a CD together. What's that? The Cornerstone, the Cornerstone CD, Craig. Cornerstone number thirty-eight. Me and Buck, they gave us some tight-ass sweatsuits to wear. <laughs> we, were, we, were, we were fat beats, right? We were fat beats. Yes, yes. Buck still has that. I still got it in my phone. Buck, I think Buck actually has the CD. <laughs> I, have, I have a few of the CDs. Yeah, so that's how I made Craig. And look what happened. Yes, are you guys we're, talking about? If you guys are talking about Cornerstone Promotions, let's big up to CL. You know, he's um, CL is a Digi Wax now. Um, CL seen it coming. That guy was so advanced. Yeah. He he was super advanced. CL. You know, CL. And guys were amazing. Shout out to Chris Atlas. I've been trying to get Chris Atlas on uh, on the show. I really want to give Chris Atlas and the whole you know Tommy Boy crew their flowers because Chris Atlas is doing something special. What they're doing at Howard University is something special. They got a a, a school inside of uh, they got a, a building inside of school of uh, um, business, and they're bringing in all the big wigs and the artists um, through there, and they've place these students in uh, um um in, you know they are doing really 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 some uh, Craig yeah you following what they're doing over there I heard about it yeah Craig I mean uh, uh Buck are you following it yeah I heard about me yeah, I see him working yeah yeah so yeah man so you know um um I talk to him every now and then I'm you know trying to get him on, on the show I wanted to get him and Sam Crespo but I think Sam Crespo is playing Hollywood on me uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm gonna get him. I'm trying to get him and Runs too. Runs too say he does every Wednesday. He does his DJ meetings on Wednesday around this time. So it's pretty hard. So I may have to do a pre-recorded and uh, and get him on here because we have a lot to talk about. I was on the Tommy Boy Street team, and um, you know we have a lot to talk about. Now Craig G, I remember. Um, I think I remember bringing a, uh, me and OJ brought either when we came when we was on tour when they shot their um uh, their uh photo. The, the 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 big photo they shot in the in, on the stairs with all the artists you remember that the double XL photo with all yeah, the artists yeah. yes yes 
That same time, I think we was we was on tour with Mac Ten and Mac Ten and MCA. We brought somebody to your house. Who was it? Was it oh, Mac Ten? Yeah, absolutely. You brought them all to my house. Absolutely. Yes. Yes. It was it was around the same time, right? Yeah. Yep. Yeah, yep. Yeah. Mac Ten yeah. came to the crib after that. Yep. Yeah. Mac Ten, aka Wack Ten. He's calling Wack Ten. <laughs> big big shouts to Mac Ten, man. You talking about uh, uh, talking about being on tour with um, Bloods and Crips. All in the same, all on the same tour bus. We're gonna we're gonna have a street team session, and you know, big shout out to my guy. You know, we're gonna bring uh, Chris Ferry back up. Uh, James Lewis is coming back up, and I'm gonna bring my brother. Um, we'll probably bring um, um, uh, Big Reg back up, and then we will bring um, Pete Pete Higgins. That's gonna be our next session in the next couple of weeks. We're gonna have a, a hip hop 50th on street team. Now, Big Mike, what about you? How did you get started? Big Mike, Big Mike's in the supermarket. What you buying, man? <laughs> he Guys, I'm, I'm, at, I'm at Costco. I'm not gonna hold you. Big Mike used to, last week. We talked about how Big Mike used to sit on the couches at uh, at the WXEI 91.7 while we was on the air. And I don't know how this guy became a mixtape king from then. Uh, you know how he became Craig G's father and whoever's godfather. <laughs> <laughs> but before all that, Big Mike used to sit on the couches at WXCI ninety one point seven as a baby. Talk to me, Big Mike. When did you get started? Oh man, and how uh, I used to, uh, you know, I used to buy. I mean, I always been a fan of hip hop. Like it kind of found me. I think um, I used to buy the cassette singles, Third Base, Gas Face, Humpty Dance. Um, Eventually ended up with a pair of Gemini. I think I want to say BDX turntables. Was that the uh, was that the model? I don't know. Maybe the guys know. Um, little me, Gemini mixer me, and then me, 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 me and Buck were technique guys. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, I, I went. I had to crawl first, and then uh, exactly Gemini's you know, we, right. Gem sound Gemini's right. Same thing, right? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so, no, they're definitely not the same thing, but um. Yeah, I mean, just, you know, just uh, DJing and, and going to, I mean, Billy Bush, again, to bring his name up, can attest to this, just going to Beach Street Records in Brooklyn and Harlem Musica and Rock and Soul, and you don't know how many parking tickets were on my car, how many times my Dodge Shadow or Plymouth Declaim got towed, or I got locked up for having a suspended license, you know, but uh, this is the love, man. You know, I would I would work in a supermarket, and I'd take my $120 check and spend $90 of it on vinyl, you know, and i do it every week, and you know, this is when the number twos were two ninety nine and three bucks and gas was a dollar something a gallon. So, um, you know, I just started making, you know, little tapes for my boys, like little R&B tapes, because we didn't have access to the exclusives. Like if you weren't in that circle, you just weren't in that circle. So, um, mm -hmm. you know, I'd, I'd literally I'd find Craig and I'd, I'd literally beg him for exclusives. And, you know, Craig, I don't know if you remember that uh, the incredible record from Clark Kent that Billy had and uh you know, Craig had a bunch of stuff and, you know, I'd, I'd get kind of the leftovers from the guys and I'd put my own little stuff together. And, um, you know, I used to get shut down a lot of times. I'd have to give my tapes away for free. So, you know, we started doing that. And then um, the funny thing is my real breakthrough came in the 2000s. I was DJing in clubs and one of the bouncers was real savvy with the Internet. And uh, Buck, Craig, Kingsley, you guys can all attest to this. This is when the records started finding their way onto the net. Like a lot of the albums started linking. Um, I think that Jay-Z Blueprint album. Um, and what I was doing was a lot of the New York DJs still at the time, Envy, Clue, Cutmaster C, 
all these guys, like they really didn't know anything about the internet stuff. So I was trading exclusives for stores. And what that means is, you know, with a DJ, if you don't have a distribution list, you ain't nothing. Like if your tapes can't go out of state. So that was my swap. So, you know, that was kind of really my way in the game. And, uh, you know, just a lot of label begging and, and just being in the right places and just, just hustling and grinding and getting a shot. And uh, just so much, man. So, so, so much. So. You know, what, year is that, what, what year exactly was, um, did you really step in with your first before it really popped? I mean, I, I graduated high school in 94. That's when I was going to WXCI, just watching you guys and carrying Ron's crates, your crates, Egon's crates, Billy's crates, whoever needed help. So uh, 94, I graduated. I, I think I by that time, I did have my first Technique 1200s. Um, I had to buy them one at a time from the Wiz. But uh, yeah, I think around maybe 97. I think 97 was kind of when uh, I translated into trying to really do this. You know, I, I just wanted to work at a supermarket. I just wanted to have a full-time paycheck and just try my hand with, with music and see where it went. So, you know, that was kind of what I want to say. 97, I want to say, is, is been my year. Well, you guys, you know, when you hear about that carrying crates, man, that carrying crates doesn't mean that you have to walk a whole block with the crates, man. That carrying crate, just bringing it out of the car to the, you know, to the to the DJ booth, bringing it out, you know, bringing it out of the car to the radio station, you know, um, it, it goes oh, a yeah. very it goes a very long way. I don't even know how these guys pay their dues these days. What they what they carrying the uh, what they carrying the flash flash stick flash drive? What are they carrying now? In, in their pocket, back, they got it in their pocket. Uh-huh. <laughs> you know, um, for me, um, if you hear the story of Big Mike and you know how his mixtape popped, and you hear the story of. Myself, Craig G, and uh, uh, Buck, it's, it's two different worlds here. Um, you know, it went through phases. Uh, I have a confession to make. I never made a mixtape with a track machine. Not a two-track, not a four-track, not an eight-track, no track. Yeah. I was always two turntable and a mixer. Going through, you know, everything that I wanted to put on it, you know, reversing, re rehearsal, 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 putting A-side vinyls on one side, putting B-side vinyls on one side. Okay, I'm ready to go. First record going, and that's 45 minutes straight through until the uh, until the B-side. So for me, I never, never, ever got into the um, track machines at all. At all. Never, never did. So um, I wasn't that savvy of tech. Uh, back then but yeah we do go through a transition and i think as we were going certain things was being left behind craig g you had that hot like fire mixtapes right. which, which was your specials and that was why your r&b joints right right so so for years me as p night well not be p nice i'm explaining that in a minute about be nice because he matter of fact i'm about to link up with him right now so he's about to he might jump on the zoom with you too so real quick but see if, see if p nice can jump in see if he did did you yeah, did you test him no nah, he's on his way to my house i'm heading i'm almost home okay so okay we, cool. uh, we we me and s always did a mixtapes straight first of all s is a such of a beast so let me give him his flowers because s was 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 making mixtapes off of cassettes, right? So he would queue up. We had the, we had the, we had the dope, um, the, the 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 dope cassette player that had like the pause button. You get it right to the spot, and then S would say like baseline, and then boom, right? Hit, un unpause the, the cassette, 
and the song cues in, cue in like we on Serato right now with a cue point. So S was nice, like nice, nice with that. And he was doing that for every song. Um, and this was before Dax. This is before CDs. And this was before vinyl. He was doing everything on cassette. S would have about 20, 30 cassettes lined up and had them all lined up the order he wanted to go. Because, you know, the first five songs is, is most important. That's the one that's going to sell your mixtape. So S would have all the cassettes lined up. And then eventually... You know, and if you mess up, you got to start all over. It wasn't none of that, you know, it wasn't that real to real. You can't cut the tape and start all over. So S would be in my house two, three in the morning screaming. And, 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 and my mama, my mama, rest in peace to her. She was like, is this nigga done yet? <laughs> <laughs> That's what she would say. So I was like, nah, I was like, nah ma, he ain't done yet. But you know, we're going to make this money. We're going to make this money. Because I was doing a lot of SNS's distribution for a lot of his places out of town. I did all the out of town stores. He did everything in New York. So I had the Virginias, North Carolinas, Atlantas, every every African that, that Shaku and Kingsley knew. I knew them too. <laughs> <laughs> so, but then eventually, you know, once with the Greenland, the Dirty Harry's, the DJ Juices, they started like introducing. The, the 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 four track the eight track the whatever yeah. track yeah and 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 that's when we got in we well, I linked up with P Nice and Precise and we started just doing the highlight fires which required a four track or eight track uh, board and we all put our contribution to it and it worked out and you know because of technology we grew with technology that's basically what happened. Let's give a shout out to um you know DJ K Slayers well we wasn't the best friends before he uh, passed but um. You know, I used to go to K Slay's um, house when he first came out of jail. I used to go to his house faithfully every Saturday to go pick up mixtapes to bring it to my store to sell. And it's funny because K Slay, before he passed, you know, he was, you know, you see him with bottles and stuff like that. Did you guys know K Slay didn't even used to drink or smoke? Craig G, did you know that? I knew that because I don't do that. Me and Buck, we don't do that. We nah, do no, that. Buck don't. Yeah, no, Buck don't. Yeah, no, Buck don't. You know, and, 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 you know, like 50, you know, he may, he may be drinking now because he's, you know, he's in the business. You got Akon, don't drink, don't smoke. You know, I think we're trying to tell this case. Everything is not what it really appears on their screens, you know. Um, yeah, K-Slay didn't used to eat, um, drink, you know, later on he was popping the moo and all that. But you go to K-Slay's house early in the morning. I would go to K-Slay's house probably like maybe seven, eight in the morning trying to get my mixtape and come back on a Saturday and, you know, get their money. You go to Case Lay's house, he over there making mixtapes of, you know, his mixtape and everybody else's mixtape. He used to have his girl in there wearing that, you know, tight stuff, you know, like you're watching a Master P movie or something, in there cooking it up, <laughs> you know. <laughs> if you be the Case Lay's house, you know, you know what it is. Leave Case Lay's house, whatever I don't get, and then go to, uh, uh go see Isaac and Hollow Music Hot. And uh, you know, pick up the rest of my stuff. Um, Buck, what was that? Um, Buck, what what was your special thing? Your mixtape. What mixtape did you put out that was really like okay? Buck's put out a mixtape. We need to go check for it. Mine was Street Jam mixtape. What was yours? Mine started on this wall back here. Um, this right here is called Timeless. I made a tape called Timeless. My my wife and my kids did this for my birthday. They found all my mixtapes, which I still have, and they and okay. they turned them into. Posters on the wall. This is like a real cassette tape, really. So it's probably timeless because it's the one that I had 
I made it. It was all blends and it was mixed. And it was all, it was like packaged like a real. I was it was packaged like a real cassette you bought in the store. You had to unwrap it and everything. So that was something I put a lot of time into. And to this day, that timeless one back. That's why I got it up there because everyone wants that tape to this day, and I'm and I still have it. So that's probably one of my best ones that I, I put a lot of time into it. Okay, man, man, it's, time runs out so fast, man. I think we gotta. We got to do this again, man. We got a lot to talk about. Um, we're going to have a part two of this. I'm going to bring in DJ Billy Bush. Um, you know, I used to put out the Mad Flavor mixtapes. I used to can't wait to get that, get my hands on that. Um, DJ Bing B. I spoke to Showtime, DJ Showtime the other day. Um, you know, today's show was based on um, you know, people who were actually recipients of Justo's Mixtape Award. It doesn't mean that we were the only ones that did it big. Uh, did, or didn't even make money doing it, but the streets really embraced what we were what we were doing. But there were others that followed up and did it just as big, who you know were not in the industry, so you know didn't get opportunity to be awarded for their talent. So with that being said, um, Craig G, thank you very much. Um, DJ Buck, thank you very much. Um, DJ Big Mike, thank you very much. And um, um, Buck, I need you to remember a few years ago, I sent you a text. <laughs> Few years ago, when I came back from Ghana, I sent you a test message of some Af of, of some Afrobeats and uh hip hop, African hip hop music stuff. And I said, Buck, you need to get on this. There is a wave of a crew coming. Their names was Americans. Now they all signed to some type of distribution with Empire. Um one, 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 go ahead, Greg. I'll uh, go ahead, Buck. Okay, go ahead. Keep going. Keep going. One of my favorite guys is uh, Black Shell. Listen to this right here, and we're going to talk about the end later.